Welcome to episode number 112 of the Church Collective Podcast. In this episode, I talked with Michael Neal from Prestonwood Worship and really just got to some cool uh, heart stuff on how he's really shifted the, the congregation to a place where they're really participating in worship and just a lot of practical tips for all of us out there that want to raise the participation level in our church. So here we go with the Church Collective Podcast, episode number 112. Yeah, so, you know, the Songs of the People recording, uh, which I just got a message uh, from Integrity and a couple others that it um, it is the number one praise and worship album in the country right now, uh, which That's awesome. kind of blew, blew me away and blew us away here, just um, the whole process of how that project unfolded. I've been here at Prestonwood now for a year. Hmm. Uh, I've been you know, leading worship around the country and, and was serving as an artist in residence at my church in Palm Beach, Florida, Christ Fellowship uh, for a lot of years, still in great relationship with those guys. And, um, but yeah, just decided this, this, uh, about 18 months ago that this was going to be the right fit for, you know, my season of life and ministry and Preston Wood really wanted to see uh, some things move into the future for their ministry. It obviously had an incredibly storied uh, tradition with big choirs and big productions and all of that and just incredible stuff. Uh, they they wanted to build off of that. And uh, Dr. Graham and Dr. Jared Stevens, teaching pastor, just talked to me about really helping uh, grow the team and then uh, move things forward uh, mm-hmm. with fresh expressions and fresh songs and and so, um, you know, I did an opening devotional when I came to our first rehearsal where they were introducing me as the new lead worship pastor. And, and it, I didn't really plan this, but it came out of my mouth just, uh, you know, Prestonwood has had such a storied tradition of presenting incredible pieces of music uh, to the Lord and offering. And in addition to that now, he is... The new day is going to be for us to move the song from the platform to the people. Hmm. It has to be a song of the people. And and so we just began to mine stories and just to hear what God was doing among us. I mean, many are coming to faith and uh, songs, you know, stories of deliverance and freedom and salvation and healing and just extraordinary things. And so we as a team began to mine those stories and then, you know, began to write songs and I invited some of my friends in and, and with our team just prayed and went on retreat for a few days and wrote about 50 songs and shaped those over the course of a couple of months. And then ultimately got down to this expression and then to have, you know, friends and mentors jump in was just incredible. Like Paul Balash, Michael W. Smith, uh, just, was kind of over the top for us. So it's been a really incredible journey just getting to that project and releasing it. Hmm. Uh, but one of the things I always tell our team, and really I was teaching just yesterday uh, some graduate students at Liberty University, and um, creativity is not just about the end product, but creativity is an invitation to intimacy with God. Hmm. and. And so for us, the writing journey and the creation of this particular project that reflects really what God's doing and saying here, it's been an incredible spiritual uh, engagement journey for our team. And I mean, I've, you know, whether it's writing books or songs through the years, I've just, I've come to realize now that that 
that invitation to create and to be like the Father in His image to create. We're made to make. That's how God wired us. Yeah. That invitation to create is not about a product as much as it is about intimacy with the Lord. So hmm. anyway, we're I'm just having a ball here. We've been here a year, but uh, only seeing the tip of the iceberg. Hmm. Man. So when you came in, was this like is this project was it completely you spearheaded it or was there a sense of you were brought in to like build the album like talk a little bit about like how did you i guess how did you guys land on this is this is the album these are the songs like what did that process look like well ultimately the the concept was born in that devotional that i gave Hmm. and there wasn't any plans to do a record right away or anything like that just God kind of like dropped it on you right there when you got there. Yeah, dropped yeah. it on me is one of those moments, and I went back and journaled. You know, and I would say to any young writer leader, you always have your antenna up for those moments. Mm. And um, I'm always watching, listening, and and when something flies by and it gets your attention, I, I mean, I write it down, and that's one of those things that came out of my my mouth, and I, I was like, whoa, I think there's something to that. Yeah. So in essence, I just took that to my pastor and said, I think we're supposed to do something with this, but I'm not in a rush. I just want to. And so uh, I had been kind of mentoring our the songwriters here. There's about six of us, six or seven of us on staff that are actively pursuing writing. Yeah. And so I had been mentoring these guys once a quarter or so for a couple of years, talking about, you know, getting with them, writing, putting co-writes together, helping them finish their songs, those kinds of things, just showing them the process. And so we had those guys, you know, diving in. And and then we had, uh, I called some of my friends just say, hey, they have a heart for the church, local church. And I called Paul. I called uh, Michael Farron, hmm. who's an incredible producer and songwriter. I called Dustin Smith, uh, who's just writing incredible tunes for the church. Chrissy Nordoff, one of my co-writers. Corey Voss, I mean, a bunch of young guys, David Moore from Gateway, hmm. Mark Harris, different, just different guys. And they all were just like, yeah, we're in. And so they joined our team. We came together. We worshiped. We prayed. And we uh, wrote our brains out for several days. Hmm. And then uh, the, just a small team of us got together, and we began to listen through and see which songs were really rising to the top which ones we really felt like we need to push in and, and, and edit, develop, rewrite, whatever. And then that list kept getting shorter and shorter with a team of about four people. And then we, uh, we ultimately came, you know, we test drove a lot of the songs. We put them in our rehearsals and put a few of them in front of the congregation, of course, just to see, okay, we feel like this is ready, but how is this, is this really a song that the church can sing? And is this something that they're going to resonate with and connect with? And so, um, yeah, so we did that over the course of several months and then recorded back in May mm-hmm. and just at least last week. Yeah. Could you speak a little bit towards how did you work on your songwriting craft? Like how, how did you develop that? Like when, even going way back, like how did you, how did you get going with it? Were you happy with the stuff you wrote when you first started? You know, what did that process look like for you? No, it was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Everybody wants to know, like, you know, so what's it like when you write, you know, okay, so you wrote this song and it won this award and it's done all this stuff or they know me for a few songs, right? But right. Uh, they don't know the 350 or 400 that nobody's heard of. So I think ultimately spectacular things only come through unspectacular preparation. Mm. <laughs> so yeah. 
Um, so for me, I started writing not because uh, I started writing back as a teenager back in, and so that's a long time ago. I'm 44 <laughs> now, so 30 years ago, 30 years ago, I started writing. Sure. And my first 10 songs were finished by the time I was uh, in the middle of college. That's when I really got the bug. But the, ult- the ultimate goal for me was like I didn't know anything about like a career in songwriting. It wasn't about you know anything other than I just wanted to to create something that was an original expression to the Lord. Hmm. I mean, I didn't want to sign the Hallmark card anymore. Basically, yeah. I, I just was like, I'm going to get my glue stick and my construction paper and my pipe cleaners and like my kids do in their you know in their little projects, and I, I we're just going to make something and. And some of the early songs were 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 good and compelling and helped some people, and quite a few of them weren't. Some of them were just personal songs; they weren't meant for mass consumption or anything like that. But I think ultimately, the best developer of of a writer is to write. Mm. It, it really is quite that simple. Most guys are looking for a cabin in the woods that they I just can't get the time and I can't. Mm. Right, and I need, I need all these things to line up, and then I'm going to become a writer. And writing really unfolds quite a bit in the in the doing. I mean, it, there's this gap when you're young and you start writing. You have this incredible taste of what you want to hear and experience through your music, uh, but you create something, and then you notice this massive gap <laughs> between mm. what you create and what you envision. Right. The only thing that really closes that gap is a body of work. Sure. (laughs) You know, there's really no magic dust on that. It's really that. And over time, I've sought out uh, mentors and I've sought out guys that were ahead of me in the craft and I got and I asked them to write with me. And uh, by God's grace, a lot of those things began to unfold and it begins to develop you as you go along. Sure. Yeah, that's good stuff. Um, could you talk to what does it look like to take Preston Wood from, um, like you said, they they were being served good music to now the music is part of their, them. Like uh, that's a big that's a big issue that a lot of guys listening to this are probably like, that's my church. You know, they're they're watching yeah. me do this, but I want them to engage in that. What what does that look like? How, what what did you do to get to where you're at now? Wow. Well, we could talk all day about that. <laughs> sure. Um, uh, you know, there's there's a couple things. I mean, uh, you know, first of all, I think we we took a lot of time to kind of evaluate where we were, and then you have to really, uh, and it starts with your senior pastor. You have to actually, they have to actually lead the way in casting the vision and the biblical um, uh, mandate, the 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 beauty of the the church singing and what that really looks like. So for me to just get up and kind of try to do something, it takes all kinds of things. So we shifted, we shifted a lot of our verbiage. We shifted some environmentals, you know, uh, the, the things that, that we were looking at on the stage and how we were engaging the people, how we were talking to the people hmm. or not talking to the people. Um, um, and we talked extensively to our team uh, over months and months of what is this, what does this look like? They're not, you know, they're not coming just to hear you present. How do we become servants and uh, basically uh, water carriers? How do we bring this to them? Help them bring their offering to the Lord. And so, through a number of like 
programmatic shifts and making sure that our songs are A-level and compelling uh, and singable for uh, Joe Banker and, you know, Sally uh, server at the restaurant. You know, I mean, people that come in on Sunday morning that aren't musicians, how do they connect with God in the musical arts? Uh, And so... Uh, just paying attention to a lot of those factors is part is a big part of it, and then it comes down to execution of the leadership and how you how you uh, conversationally lead people to that place. Hmm. And it's a it's a long. We've made incredible. Uh, I feel like we've we're not saying we're eliminating one thing and doing another. We're just saying we're building upon where we are, hmm. and we are honoring where we've been. Sure. And we are we are doing this as well, <laughs> so it's uh, it's not a replacement kind of thing. It's more of a and and look at what else we can do together, kind of a kind of verbiage. And so uh, I don't know if that helps, but there's a lot of a lot of little dial turns in there that you could talk about, sure. you know, with regard to practice. Yeah. But sure, what does um you say like more conversational? Like what what does it look like to be the water carrier? from like worship leadership standpoint, how can, how can you make it more conversational? I think a lot of times, um, worship leaders, pastors in general, when they take the platform, there is a fine line between, uh, being an effective communicator and turning into something that you're not like, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, trying to be something else, formalizing your communication in such a way that you don't really feel like you're hearing from the person. Hmm. You feel like you're hearing from a shtick or a, a performance. You feel like you're getting uh, performed at, like yeah. you're getting. And so I think even worship leaders, you know, young worship leaders, I'll talk to them all the time because they'll get up and they'll, they'll, they'll get this like hypersensitive prey voice and it goes way up and it does this thing and they go into this cloud floating place. Hmm. And it's like, Maybe you just maybe you just say it. Maybe you just say, uh, "I don't know about you today, church. For me, I need time to just take a deep breath and remember that God is in control and that we can fix our eyes on Him collectively together today. And when we praise and give Him thanks, the mystery of His presence comes. So let's do this together. Yeah, very simple, but not you know just not turning into and being very conversational. But a lot of times. And I will say this, you know, I've mentored a lot of young guys and they get up and they want to be super conversational and they're just, you know, wow, you know, you're just rabbit trails galore. <laughs> right. Yeah. Down some crazy stories and people aren't tracking and it's pretty hard to listen to. So I think it's important that people are prepared and they're scripted. It yeah. could be as simple as just, you know, reading a scripture or, you know, not talking a whole lot. I guess what I was hearing too, you could, there's a danger in going too far uh, either in what you say or like not saying or too far into like, you know, hyper energy or something. Um, you said like preparation is huge. Could you maybe give a little practical advice on how to prepare for what we're going to say and how we're going to flow our services while still leaving room to let the Holy Spirit do what he's going to do? Like there's there's some balance between completely writing the whole thing out and just getting up there and, and going with whatever you feel like you need to say. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the more prepared you are, the more spontaneous you can be. Yeah. <laughs> I think um, I think a lot of times people want to get in the moment, but the more that we've kind of prepared our thoughts in the Word and in uh, what's actually happening in the service and kind of putting ourselves in the dynamic of what's happening, you know, the Holy Spirit is already there. <laughs> so, 
you can you can have time to think and plan and prepare and it doesn't mean everything is you know super scripted where you're reading off of a deal but i think the the more it get, becomes second nature the, the you know the easier that gets but i i encourage guys to if you're going to set up this particular song let's say um, write out your two or three sentences on a three by five card and have your scripture reference ready and look for a way to not share your whole life story, but look for a way to make it where you are actually revealing a part of your personal worship journey in the moment. Hmm. I think a lot of times guys get up and they're shouting at the people and they're telling them to do this and do that. And come on church, come on, come on, come on and do this and do that. And when in reality, we just kind of need to go, um, church, I'm with you today. I need to hear from the Lord hmm. and I, I need to lay down my pride today and I need to, you know, it's like we need to see a little bit of, of reality without, you know, going into, hey, you know, I yelled at my wife this morning or whatever, <laughs> you know, right. all the laundry or whatever. Um, but I, I do think that there's, it's really important for people to really think through those moments. Less talking is usually better, uh, especially but the more we grow and the better we get, the, we just want to be effective. And so um, after going through the book writing process several times now, um, I've learned the beauty of edit. <laughs> you know? yeah. uh, fewer words, uh, crafted words, um, think it through, and you'll communicate a lot better. Sure. What does um, a service look like at Prestonwood? Could you talk like just a, how do you plan that out? What's the flow look like on a typical weekend? Programmatically, yeah. Well, a lot of times we'll uh, we'll start in different ways. Sometimes we start with believers' baptism hmm. or some kind of an open. We have an opening video that just shows shots of the life of the church and yeah. that thing, which is very energetic. We'll move into believers' baptism. We'll open with some gathering songs. My buddy Andy Rozier at Vertical Church he calls them gathering songs. You know, yeah, uh, and I love that. The, the songs that really get us together, connect us, unify us, and praise. They're celebratory in nature, usually. So we'll usually do one or two of those. There'll be some interaction from one of the pastors, potentially me or Dr. Graham or Dr. Stevens. Sometimes, sometimes we'll flow into another moment of worship or have some kind of creative element there. Uh, we may or may not do the Lord's Supper. We do that maybe um, you know once a month. Yeah. Um, and again, more intimate worship time. So we're looking at about 20 minutes of music, 25 minutes of music. We build the offering, uh, tithes and offerings into that towards the back end of that. So it's all kind of flows pretty well. And there's usually a prayer for that and a, some kind of exhortation, 35 yeah. message sermon, and then response and invitation every week where there's a call to salvation hmm. and, and we uh, worship at the end, end of that as well. So that that would be a typical week, but there'll be interviews with people in there, and there'll be guests, artists, and there'll be uh, a creative element here or there where there's you know a particular video or scripture moment that we might infuse. But that's kind of a a, a typical sure. flow. Yeah. Are there is there like an announcement time in there, or like how have you guys navigated that that bit that a lot of churches tend to run into? Usually that bit happens at the very end, hmm. after 
after people have come forward, we've had prayer, we've done all of that, and the pastor will just say, you know, he'll refer to the, the guide that they've received, and he'll say, I want you to remember these couple of things as you're leaving, and God bless you. It's usually been that. I mean, we've got run the gamut of, you know, full-on commercials and, you know, <laughs> right. have, having a host give you all the video announcements, and then, so a lot of times, some of the, if it's a body life kind of a thing in the life of the church, sure. This will be uh, infused into the sermon. The pastor will utilize an opportunity, and this is why we're in life groups, or this is why we're doing this, and, and you know he'll work those times into the message. But, yeah, cool. That's really helpful. I'm sure a lot of guys are like furiously writing this down. <laughs> I'm like, okay, this is how, how we need to do this. Um, do, do you have any advice for somebody just getting into worship leadership? Um, maybe volunteer, maybe they got their first time job, but um, having looked back on what you've got or what you've done at this point, like what do you wish you would have known when you started getting into, you know, worship ministry? Mm. Oh, that's a big question. <laughs> um, if I, what would I tell my, uh, 20 year old self? Sure. Uh, yeah. 25 yeah, year old self. I would probably say, um, remember you are not what you do. Mm. Um, you are not a tool you are a son and daughter of the Most High. Um, I would say be careful not to find your significance in your gifting. Um, but your significance is only found in, in, in His love for you. So I would say that comparison is the thief of joy. Mm. Uh, comparison has no place in the body of Christ and the arts. And a lot of times we look to the left or to the right and say, wow, man, if I had that gift or if I had that achievement or if I had that, you know, person's ability to sing or if I looked like that other person or if I had that relationship or that connection, everything would be cool. And comparison is rooted in competition. You yeah. know, how am I doing compared to the next person? And that idol and that 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 will disappoint you every time. Hmm. <laughs> and I think. The older I've gotten in this, the more free I've gotten to just realize, hey, God gave me a, a path, a, a race to run. He gave me a plot of ground to plow and to plant seed in, and I'm having so much fun doing that. And it's okay that I'm I'm not Paul Balash or I'm not Chris Tomlin or I'm not uh, Ryan. I'm I'm just who God created me to be, and I'm going to be faithful with that and enjoy His presence along the way. Hmm. That's the good if if. If young artists and young worship leaders could get that, um, then they're just operating in such a place of freedom and security and joy that uh, they can help others flourish and, and enjoy what they're doing. Yeah. Um, last question, too. Our community, we're always asking, how can we pray over you know the people we get a chance to talk with? Like, What, what can we pray for you specifically, for Preston Wood? Like, what, what can our community, community be praying for? Well, I think... Um, just continued uh, th that our our hearts would continue to be sensitive and obedient to what the Lord's saying for us to be faithful in our context, you know, and what God's put in front of us here. I mean, uh, we live in interesting days, life of the church, um, and I think it's going to get more and more compelling as darkness grows, the light shines brighter, and. So I just I'm praying for God to continue to release creativity in our team and um, 
creativity with a spirit of obedience, you know? Mm. Yeah. Just, you know, faithfulness. So, Thank you for listening to this week's episode. As always, if you could head over to iTunes, leave us a rating and a review. It really helps us become more visible to worship leaders over there. Also, head over to thechurchcollective.com. Hit that contact form. Get plugged in. We want to plug you in and connect you with others. God bless you today.